Hey guys, I'm Sean, and you're listening to Let's Get Off on Tangents. It's a podcast where we talk about a bunch of bullshit. And some more bullshit. And then go back to the original bullshit. I got Dorothy here. Hi! It's Dorothy. I'm Dorothy. We're all full of bullshit. Welcome to our podcast. Yee. I watched this recent, <laughs> but no, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's fun. That's okay. But I feel like I'm, a fucking kid in school again who's like part of the project and didn't do anything. No, it's okay. Um, that is actually like this player is out of control. Um, but that's actually what I'm used to with like group projects. It's that I was always the one who just like did everything, but that's also a control issue thing. It's like, I won't always delegate the way that I should. Um, and I always want to take everything on. And it's not that I want everybody to be like, oh, well, look at Dorothy. She did everything, but it's just like, I don't. <laughs> it's almost like, I can't, I feel like I can't trust people to hold up their end of the deal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, if anybody that I went to high school with that worked on a group project with me was listening to this right now, they would be like, damn, that's right. She did do the whole fucking project and I didn't even try to help. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, I I can, I know if they're listening to this, that is what they're thinking. They're like, oh yeah, that's right. I I was on that one project with her and she did all the shit. And I still kind of am like that. I don't, I didn't realize, but. That's what's so great about talking with you. I'm always so, I'm like reflecting over here and shit. (laughs) Nice. Trying to be a better version of myself, realizing that there's patterns that are just like deeply embedded in my soul and in my being that I've been doing since childhood that I didn't even realize. That's part of us just being just people in general. Just, uh... (laughs) yeah. It's just, (laughs) sorry. Bless you. Um, yeah, that's just a, it's a thing. It's a, those are just parts of our lives that we always kind of, we always kind of, uh, I don't know, we just follow the patterns of things we know and what we grew up with and what we, you know, what's, what's comfortable to us and what's, you know, what's our part of our habits and stuff like that. So it's just interesting. Like I've always liked entertaining. Like I've always been a little over the top to like bring enjoyment to other people. I'm like, that's a funny thing. Like I've always enjoyed being on camera too. Cause it wasn't like my parents did home videos. They were just like, here's a camera, do what you want with it. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> what can I do? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna sit this shit in front of me and then I'm just gonna figure it out. <laughs> do things, Lord knows what happened to any of those videos. Thank God that, you know, we grew up. <laughs> at a different time because I would hate for like literally everything to be archived or for like any of that shit to have gone viral. Right, yeah. <laughs> just like while I was doing it and I wanted to entertain people, that was always the goal but to like somehow get in front of people. I just feel like this star. 
but then at the same time, I'm like, if anybody's watching me, holy shit, right, yeah. <laughs> please, I was like, please don't actually watch it. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like people, I mean, I think it was different back then too, though. Like when you're like, wanted to like, I'm going to do all these things and whatever else. And it was like, there wasn't this like wealth of information or not even information this wealth of bullshit online of like watching people other people's like dumb videos of like doing things and like you know just everything that's out there now with like you know well now it's, it's like vine, a- vine but you know obviously i'm dating myself but like the t- like tiktoks and reels and all that kind of shit like it's just there's so much random shit out there to see it's just it's i don't know it's just this weird thing of everything you do is being judged versus just like i'm I'm a kid and VHS is the, is the only medium to capture me or doing this random thing right now. And so it wasn't so <laughs> global, I guess. Yeah. But you got to think about it too. It's like right now, like everything's a trend. So even when somebody does something that's somewhat original, it's like still a spinoff of some trend that already existed. And then they've taken it and twisted it into their own little way. Um, where you've got to think about like, if you were to go back to like the eighties, the nineties, and you found those whole videos, how original the shit really is. Like if they're for the people who were made, how they're all there or the kids who are just super hands. And when their parents pulled out the camera, they just were on, you know, cause those people still exist and they're always around. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's funny to think about that and, um, how there's all this really great just footage out there that is secret and private to all of us that were able to grow up and what we are called older millennials you know it's like we were yeah it's like we were coming in at that time where it's like the technology was starting to take off so we could keep up with it but we still had that nice little piece of like of nostalgia of the way it used to be because we're like in a place right now where that that's like unfathomable like if there is a child to be born now to like think about them spending the entire day outside with absolutely no device. Yeah. Well, you I mean, know, I, yeah, I think like, I mean, we're, we're having this conversation right now, or you and me, but like me and my wife are having this conversation now, because, well, a similar conversation because we're looking at our fucking cell phone bill and I'm like, why is this shit so expensive? Like AT&T, fuck you. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I'm like, how did I, like we've become so reliant on this that my phone bill can be like almost like, you know, like $150 a month. And it's just, it's like mm-hmm. fucking wild. Like what, like they, I, I want to, I'm like really, really debating. and just like, like not having a fucking phone anymore and just being like, all right, well, I'm going to be on Wi-Fi everywhere. So I've got a fucking fancy iPod touch now. So fuck you at like, is I really, iPod touch still a fucking thing? No, I think they're discontinued a couple of years ago, but like, you know, well, because why? Because everyone, everyone's got a cell phone. Every fucking nine-year-old's got a cell phone. And like, yeah. you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's nice. I mean, you don't have to worry about like, you know, where's my kid? I can be like, oh, this little, he's right there. Okay. Or she, he yeah. or she, whatever. They're right there, right there. Um, you know, if your kid's in trouble, they can call their parents and be like, hey, like, hey, parents, like, here's the shit. Like, help me out. Like, wh- whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I get, I get it. But also everyone has a fucking phone. So not only yeah. does everyone, in their, everyone have a phone. So you don't need an iPod touch. And I mean, kind of like phones are so big now, like I don't have an iPad because I don't really need one because I've mm-hmm. got a, a f- larger phone. And But like you think about more people having phones, more people having data plans, the, the data rates are ridiculous. You know, it's a family of four costs $250 to have a, a cell phone or something like that. Like, you know, to, for a cell phone bill, 
that's not even including home internet. And then you've got a family of four, you've got to have enough internet for everyone there too. And just, you know, it's just everything goes and goes and goes and goes. And yeah, so I'm like, yeah, so again, fuck you AT&T for, for taking so much money from us. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's like, but I will say that I did have a phone when I was like 12 years old. I had one Ugh. of those Nokia phones with a, um, with that little snake game on it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you about. just like, you get to the point where you're just like wrapped around the entire screen, <laughs> like with yeah. your long ass tail. And then it's just like, there's no hope for me now. Like I'm gonna hit the end of my tail. There's nothing I can do. See, I'm just I, like, what is the high score of that game? I, the real uh, question. I didn't have that phone, but I had, I had friends with that phone, but uh, I never played the, I mean, I played the snake game. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't be like, hey, let me see your phone to, uh, to play the snake game. I wouldn't see that. I would look, I would be like, Hey, let me check out your phone. Like, this is cool. Like little buttons I can press on your, on your thing. But there was like a music creator where it was like, and it was like, do re me. And I would put in like, I just make little, make little songs and be like, Hey, here's a ringtone for you. And it would be like, beep, 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 beep. like it would just like be random shit like that. And so like, like that's even, even when cell phones were first kind of like a, becoming a, a, a more mainstream thing, I don't want to say first becoming a thing, first becoming a more mainstream thing. I wasn't like trying to, I wasn't like trying to like play the play games in there. I wasn't trying to like do anything. I was just like, like still trying to find like creative stuff to like, to do, um, to just, you know, I don't know. It's to not be sucked into a fucking phone. Like, I don't really know how else to describe it, but, but the other thing too, well, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember my stepdad, like even then when we had like those shitty ass phones with like, you know, I remember the Dora and me thing. I played snake and I would sit there and I'd be playing snake. because I was like bored out my ass at my parents' house. It's funny to say my parents' house. Cause I was, I was a kid anyway. Right. <laughs> so I'm like um, sitting there playing. He's just like, he'd pick up like the house phone and he just like start pressing buttons on it. And then he'd be like, it's a phone. Like slam it down, and it's just like, and that's the cue to go the fuck outside and play. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he made lose his mind. So I may have mentioned this before. I, I I can't remember if I did or not, but like I at one point had upgraded my phone, and I did it too early, um, and so I had to like. <laughs> I'm gonna just make this awkward because you're like pouring a beer or something like that and trying to like not trying to be quiet. Just pour the beer. Who cares? Nobody's listening, so, anyways. I spilt it. Yeah, I mean seriously. Oh. Um, I spilt it on the ground. I like missed oh. the glass because oh, gotcha. I was looking at you. So that's why I made that face. It's, just, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like watching you, not paying attention to what the fuck I'm doing. So now there's beer all over the floor. But look so at how have, pretty that is. That's the that looks good. So I've got like four things that you just made me think of. So okay. I had my phone, I traded it in. No, I'm just trying to forgot what I was going to say. I, I, <laughs> I was, uh, I traded my phone in and I went to order my phone. And at this point of like Apple, I couldn't like, if I, if the phone, like I had to order my phone from like AT&T to get, or to get my discount or whatever, I had to get it like from or order from Apple online. So I had to trade in the phone and then order the phone. So I was out without a phone for like three or four days. Okay. Yeah. The first day I, and I, I swear I told, I already told this on the, on the podcast, but whatever, I don't care. Um, the first day I was like freaking out and like, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is going to be like, so like, so crazy, so chaotic, whatever else. 
halfway through that first day, like at the, after like the last half of towards the evening, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like what? I don't understand. Like then the next day I woke up and was like, I felt so free. I wasn't tired. I didn't like, I didn't wake up and check my phone. I just got up and was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just up. I'm going to go do things. I'm going to go, let me go paint and go do whatever the fuck I want. And like the, the, the lack of weight of having a phone in my pocket and my hand and against my fucking head or like whatever, like is, it was, it was really freeing and it was really interesting. So, so that's, part of what i'm gonna what i wanted to say that's that's one, one thing i think i've got i think i got two more maybe i'm trying to you think said, the, you the, said four i know i said four whatever um so i may have three i know i have three at least and whatever the last one is is going to take us off onto something else so two <laughs> and i just forgot because i was sitting there talking about the things i had to say about it fuck you talked uh, about how many things for too long. I know, I know. God damn it. And it's funny because when you first went to go say that you had four things, you sounded exhausted by it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like counting in my head. I was like, I've got, oh my God, so many things. So, okay. Uh, going outside and like playing, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll kind of just run with that one and pretend like that's the one I had. But so like the, the idea of, of not having a phone now and to go do, I mean, I'd, I'd be kind of lost. Like, and I said it before, I'd be, I'd be fired from my job. That's, that's what I did talk about this before. I'd be fired from my job because what am I supposed to do? I'm like, so, but I, I really liked before when like phones weren't about, I, I still don't remember what I was going to say. I, I, don't, I liked before when phones weren't about, like they weren't about the games and weren't about social media and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like I keep saying games, but like it's clearly it's fucking social media and shit like that now. But I can't, I can't disconnect from work. I can't turn it off because I, I don't have my emails come through my phone, but my work emails come through my phone. Like I, I have to go into the mail application to check, to check my mail on my phone, but for work, they, they push through because I'm like, God, I can't make, can't miss any of these. And like, it just, it just it never ends. So I, I can never get disconnected. And it's like, I'm sitting there and it's just the habit of just like pull up my phone and just like, let me just look through, like, let me just scroll through like Instagram at this point. I deleted Facebook stuck on Instagram, like, uh, it's, but either way, like, and then it's like, I go, then I go to a game, I go to whatever. And then I'm just sitting there like looking, like staring at my phone, like doing nothing. And so there's this, there's that whole piece of it too. And so the, the, the let's say that, let's say that was my second thing I was going to talk about. Sure. The third thing that I a hundred percent know I was going to talk about, I'm trying to figure out how to like, not jump into this one as my second thing. I used to know everyone's phone number. I knew everyone's number. I didn't, I had every friend of mine that I had that I like, you know, who actually was a friend, Me not too. just like random shit. I knew everyone's number. I knew them by heart. Mm-hmm. I knew how to get fucking everywhere. I had, I didn't need to go check a GPS every two goddamn seconds to figure out where I'm going. I have to do that to go like to my fucking in-laws house who I go, I go every week. I go to their house. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> and I have to pull it. I'm like, do I go this way or that way? Cause I just don't remember. Cause I don't, I don't care. I don't really have to, I don't have to like, I don't have to sit and think about it and, and, and worry about it. And so the problem that I'm, that I'm seeing there is that, you know, phone numbers, sure. There's a place to save them. People you always had address books and things like that, but like, I don't know how to get around. I went back to like the, I mean, I lived in, you know, I went back to New York for a couple of years, the place I lived and I couldn't remember how to like get around. It's a small ass town. I could not remember how to like get from place to place. I came yeah. back here and was like, had been away for two years and was like, how do I get over to the side of the town? Like, oh, I don't remember where I'm going. And so 
So I yeah. think a lot of the technology that we've got, the computers, the phones, the all the, all the other bullshit is leading a lot is is eroding, or is leading to me having a worse memory. Yeah, because um, it's convenience of of having everything and not needing to rely on your memory as much, which is a fantastic segue into the things that I did research for the week. I did. <laughs> which which one of which was memory and and how that works and how honestly and truthfully from what I've read you can't trust your memory to be the truth like there's no way to tell if what you're remembering is accurate because there's so many different things that influence that um but before I go into that sort of rabbit hole about fucking memory and all um, some of the other things that I wanted to, or maybe we'll get to, maybe we won't, you know, like, I don't really give a shit, whatever we talk about. Um, but we did this thing, we got onto a subject that you always wanted to talk about on the show, which is the phone zone, and how it is a real thing that you get trapped in. And, and it, literally, it happens to everybody now, you can't, not a single person really can say that that doesn't happen to them sometimes. Because when, um, you know, you were saying you deleted Facebook, which is great. I deleted Facebook years ago and it's been amazing. The main thing I miss about it is the events near me. But other than that, there's not a single thing I miss about having a Facebook. Like I'm so happy to be off of it. I got off Snapchat forever ago. Same deal. Not a single thing that I miss about it. Um, Instagram though, you know, I just took a month off. I missed it the entire time. Um, and I realized that it has, for whatever reason, a different feeling to me. And maybe it's because I've like curated my feed so much and there's just certain things that it gives me inspiration a lot. Um, and it wasn't like I, I needed to be in front of everybody, but I do love filming myself a lot. Like I just mentioned just earlier today, you know, ever since there's been a camera in front of me, I'm like, let me do some sort of performance. This is something that I like to do. And I don't think there's any reason why I shouldn't do that. And the thing that's most important is that I don't actually care if other people like it or are watching it, but it does make me feel good when I get, you know, positive feedback. And it doesn't necessarily make me feel bad when I get constructive feedback. And so it's, it's just one of those things that um, it helps me grow as a person. But I had also gotten to this place where it was like a, a security blanket of sorts. You know, you're with a group of people and you there's no conversation happening or you're feeling a little awkward. And so you go into your phone and you'll play a game on it. You'll scroll Instagram on it. You'll scroll Twitter on it. You know, there's all these different things that you will do. You know, maybe it's just that you're fucking reading the news, um, but you look into your phone as this safe space of like, here's my security. This is stuff that I know. And then maybe something interesting will come up on this screen. So I'll talk about it to these people around me. And this is how I'm going to engage. And that's become such a normal way of just human behavior overall. And so when I was without Instagram, what it caused me to do was be very present with the people that I was with. I did take pictures of stuff still. I did film stuff still, but I wasn't so concerned with like getting it shared right away or anything like that. I was just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, I love this. This is beautiful. I want to take a picture of it. 
some of the things that are really weird that I take pictures of is one, I like to take pictures of my hands and my feet. It's like, I like to that take is, pictures. That is definitely weird. Yeah. It's like, I like to hold <laughs> things. Like I'll hold something with my hand because I'm always getting my nails done. So it's like, it's about the nails in that case. And like, that I can tell because your hand's always the exact same placement. So you can see the nails too. So I, I, I just assumed those were always staged. Yeah. So, and they are, and they are um, for the most part. And then like, but another thing that I like to do is I'll take pictures of like whatever shoes I have on and then like part of my legs. And so I realized through the month of August, while I wasn't posting anything, that that was a recurring theme of something that I would just be sitting there and I'm like, God, I love my legs and my feet. And I'd like take a picture of it. So I was just like, all right. So this whole, like you taking pictures of yourself, you just do that. Like, that's just part of who you are as a person. And like, uh, but I, it kind of made me feel good to like have that realization, but then to not have Instagram on my phone gave me this place where I was like, I was really engaged with everybody that I was around and I was enjoying myself. I was more present, which is very important. It's like, if, if you ever want to be able to be mindful at all, you have to be present. But the thing is, is that we're also fleeting, like everything we want is in the next moment. If for whatever reason, it doesn't exist right now. Like I'm working to get to the next thing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to get to the next thing. And then I'm in a rush to do the next thing. And then, but what was it? What was so important about that thing? Oh, it's just about as important as the last thing was, which was really not at all because I didn't make it important to me right then. I wasn't sitting in it. I wasn't feeling it. And it's because of, of that too, that our memories are fucked. You know, it's like, you, in order to remember things, you need to have some sort of tie to it. It needs to resonate with you in a personal way for you to lock it in and commit it to long-term memory. Okay, and so long-term so, memory, got it, all right. Yeah, and so like you can short-term memory things with like repetition, you can do it because you just studied, you know, for a test, so it's like really nice and fresh. Uh, there's like all sorts of things you can do to make your short-term memory work fast. And then there's also like recall memory where you can retrieve the information when you're reminded of it. But then there's certain things that you just know. You just know them because they're in there and they're locked in. And the reason why you know them is because they had some sort of special significance to you at that time. So it could be the situation, the place. It could be the emotion that you tied to it, but what, yep, smell. Um, And then one of the things that I also learned is that place for whatever reason has a stronger presence in memory than everything else. Like that's the most accurate thing when, when people have done research on memory and they go back to like, see like what, what, what's fact and what, and what is not. And it's like, oh, well, the one thing that people did seem to always get right is where they were. Hmm. It's like interesting, like, but your emotions can do things to help you remember things, but then they can also work against you and make you remember things incorrectly. And so it's just interesting how all that ties together. I have a weird question for you. Go for it. Where were you uh, on 9-11? Oh my God, that's perfect because that is actually what the episode of Explained there's a whole section of explained on Netflix that's all about the mind and the first episode is on memory. And that's what they tackle is the oh, 9-11. No yeah, the 9-11 memories that people have and how inaccurate they were. That's what the whole study oh. was about. And it was like, 
one, it's like space in between the time of when something happened can change it. But I was actually just talking with my mother about my 9-11 memories yesterday because she was like, oh yeah, like, oh God, I remember, you know? And I'm just like, but what do you really remember? Because one, we were here in North Carolina. It's very different than somebody who was much closer to that. The other thing was that I don't have a lot of memories of 9-11 the day. I mean, my memories are very vague. I know I was in middle school. I was at school. I was in class. I don't remember who the teacher was. Um, I remember the TV in the top corner of the classroom. But the reason why I remember that is because I've got four years of being in the same middle school and all the classrooms were set up the same and the TV was up there. So of course I remember it. Sure. I remember that they came on the announcements and they made us all turn those TVs on and we watched it. And I remember thinking, and this is really fucked up, but this is honest. And you got to think about how young I was. I was 11 years old. Yeah. Cause it was 2001, right? Yes. Right. So I was 11 years old. And I remember thinking, well, this didn't happen here. And I didn't understand, like, it just shows how much, how different I am now as an adult. Or how anybody years. would be from 11 yeah. to whatever. Yeah. But I had no, I, I did not understand why it mattered that something like that happened so far away from us and why we should all be paying attention to it. I did understand it was a great tragedy to the people that it affected. Right. I was like, I, I feel it to be wrong for me to walk around and act like I'm in mourning because I didn't have family members there, but there were people who did have that. And if I were to have known those people, maybe I would have had a different emotion tied to that. But that's like, that's what I remember most about 9-11 is that that was a point in which basically I had to be taught by a music teacher that I should care about other people in the world. And now, you know, fast forward 20 years later, I'm all about interconnectedness. We all have esoteric cords. We are tied to each other. The reason why you have um, like things that happened in different religions, how you have similar stories is because these, it's real. It's like the trend, trending has always been a thing. (laughs) Literally never had anything to do with the internet because we were always locked in a web. We were always interconnected, but like, I didn't have understanding of that at that age. You know, I just didn't have the emotional yeah. depth to, I, to understand. I, uh, that was like the one time in my life that I've ever felt connected to everyone in the country. Like, and, you know, obviously not like, not like we're all connected in a web and I could feel all your thoughts and your heartbeats. Like, no, but like, it was the first time like I'd ever felt like I walked by somebody random, like either it was that day or the next day or something like that. And you kind of look, you like lock eyes and you were like, hello, how are you? Like, good. Okay. And it was like, Oh, all these people are going through, like going through the same process. Like of like, sure. They weren't. And this was in North Carolina. This was, this wasn't when I lived in New York. Everyone's going through the same process. Everyone's kind of thinking the same kind of things or similar things, I guess. And so you have this like weird connected thing. That's like, that's kind of drawing everyone together. So this is the first time I've the first and most I've ever seen uh, this, you know, our country kind of like united in this one thing, but Mm -hmm. 
I was walking into a Ford dealership, me and my sister, because we were coming to get her 2001 Ford Focus repaired. And we walked in and I was like, why is everyone in the lobby fucking standing? This is weird as hell. And I look over and I don't, I've been to this Ford dealership like, like twice, three times. I walked to it, look over and there was a TV in the corner and everyone was sitting there staring at it. And I was like, why is everyone so into this movie? Like what is happening here? And like, we were watching it. And then I saw like an actual, like, I don't know, whoever the, the news anchors were at the time, like, you know, then. I was like, they like came on and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they were talking about what was happening. And I was like, looked around and people were like, like devastated. Like, and I'll, I will not forget this. This is, this is, this is not like, oh, I think this happened. Like, I remember this shit. Like, clearly I was not affected. I was, I lived in upstate New York, but didn't know anyone who was affected like directly by this. And so mm-hmm. like, I didn't, you know, um, there was nothing like that to connect it to me, but like, I'll never forget like that, just watching everyone in there staring at this tv like wondering what is happening and then literally watching the second plane fucking smash into the other buildings like into the buildings too like that's like i you know like i won't forget those things and mm-hmm. i'll never forget walking in into ford with the like weird beigeish beigeish orange like orange colored like tan floors and there's the one guy with his back right there wearing like a like a tan button up with like tucked in with like jeans and i like that was the first person i saw and was like what is happening here like those memories are, are burned into my brain um and uh, it's a I, what if you were know, what if you I were to my, like i know my memory is so bad but like that's that is one that i can actually trust like i i can i can trust that memory what if you were to go back and you're like learn that the guys got on like different clothes or some shit would you uh, feel betrayed by uh, your own memory yeah, yeah it's like this is the one thing i thought was back from my it, memory <laughs> it, it's, it's dark like, brown it's dark brown yeah but um or know. was that or it was actually 912 you know no, yeah. uh, no but like i i know what you, i i know what you mean though i do understand that because like i think of that those couple days i think of that as like oh man everything was like wild and all this stuff was happening and like it was over the course of like a few days and stuff like that and it wasn't just like boom like one hour everything happened it was obviously this like, long drawn out thing and there was like just staring at the tv for hours like waiting to see what was going to happen and like a lot of that is just like chunked chunked out yeah. because you don't need it you how know? how old were you i was uh, 18 Okay. So it's interesting because what you were saying is that is the first time that you started to really feel like connected to other people, right? Just like on well, a, they the, were, I, we're experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Sort I, of deal. I, I could connect to people before, but like the first time just some I mean, random I, dude on the street, I could like, we like had this, like, it, it's like, it's like when you, when you were a senior in high school and everyone was like, Hey, what's up? Like, we're all seniors together. We're all cool. Like maybe, maybe not everybody. I don't know. But like, you know, like, it was like that kind of thing. Everyone was like, uh, everyone was, you know, I had a, a, yeah. a, a shared experience, I guess. Yes, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. So you felt connected through shared experience. And then, um, but what I'm saying is that it was also a time, even though completely different ages. So you're 18, you're having this, like we're having shared experiences. And then I'm 11 and I'm thinking, what does this mean to me? And then I am taught by a teacher that you wouldn't expect, you know, a music teacher um, coming to me and explaining to me why this is something that should matter. I remember like what I remember is them calling my parents because they were concerned about like why I was so heartless, you know? And it's like, but it's not really that I'm heartless. It's just that I saw things differently. It's just like, I, it's like, honestly, if you think about where my head really was, it was like, I was being kind of selfless. It was like, why should I make this shit about me? Like, here we are, like, let's go to class. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we all going home today? You know, it's like, why can't we finish the day? 
but it's just like, but at the same time, uh, I just wasn't. I'm not it, gonna it wasn't, buy. I, I'm not gonna buy that you were selfless, but go, but go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, um, it's just one of those things where it was a, a pivotal, a pivotal. The the what are the words? Pivotal. Say the word for me. Damn it. No, I can't. All I can, think is, all I can think is, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. that's all I can think of now. P- pivotal. Yeah. Pivotal. Yeah. Yes. You got, yeah. You said right. it. You got it. Okay. Sorry. Like, I'm just hell? like, my brain was like stuck on it, like bottle. <laughs> you said it the first time and then you said it a second time. And I was like, questioning myself. And I was like, pivotal? It's like, wait a second. No, that's not what the hell. I'm like, I'm saying it wrong, right? Uh, but and anyway, then you, like, then you like, like gagged three times. And so I was like, what is happening? <laughs> that's what I do. And I can't get my mouth together. Um, but yeah, so it was this, it was a life-changing moment for both of us in completely different periods of sure. our lives. Emotionally, it, it kind of like woke us up and, and they say that something like that happens with every generation, but I feel like now things are being sped up. So there's more and more things like this that we're living through because it's like, I remember when 9-11 happened, they were like, this is y'all's thing. This is your generation's thing. This is the big, like, damn, this sucks. And I was just like, wow, like, cool. Thanks. So, so many other things have happened. Um, and and <laughs> yeah. it's just been wild. <laughs> but yeah, like, did you see like Jeff Bezos launching his face? Like what? That's our thing now. No, no, fuck no that. I, I'm absolutely kidding. Yeah. We, we launched a cock in the space. <laughs> <laughs> we just really wanted everybody to know that we're dicks down here. That makes me think of the, uh, the, the, was it the first Austin Powers where he had the little, like the space that looked like, like, like a cock and balls and he was like flying around. They're like, oh my God, yeah. it looks like, and it's like, it's just a little prick and he had like a little needle. And yeah. Like all this, oh, yeah. oh yeah. God, the ongoing thing. It was like, uh, I think it, it's like ends on Willie Nelson. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, God, I fucking love the first two Austin Powers movies. Those are like a really big part of my childhood. Well, those and, came out uh, right around the same right on the same time, I think, too, didn't they? Anyways, um, but <laughs> but I uh, fuck, God, damn, I had a thing and I forgot it. Um, so I, I I was I was kidding about like, or maybe I was projecting about like that you weren't being selfless. You may, maybe you were, but like, I'm, if that was, I'm picturing myself at that time and been like, yeah, I don't I don't care about this, like. We go, oh, you know, something, I don't know. I would have been, I would have been dumb about it just because I, I, I know what I was like at 11 years old. Um, and I know all my, uh, my, uh, fifth grade teachers are listening right now. So, uh, you know, um, like- <laughs> oh, you guys are listening <laughs> and you guys remember 11 year old Sean. <laughs> but so, yeah, so I, I know, I know what I sound like. I know what that was. I know what that was like, but, um, no. but no, but I, but it was, it, you know, you were, it, it changed you for, for that reason. Everyone's going through, these experiences and everyone does you know you, you had that lesson from your from your music teacher you know and so I kind of had one about um like my like my heritage so you know my name is Sean Durham I'm half Irish and I'm half Lebanese and no one would know because other than the beard if you look at me I'm white as hell my name is like beyond Irish like you know it's, it's I, I'm you know like the, my, my mom would joke that I'm Sean Durham the Lebanese kid and so I had this, this moment, well, I had this, this years of moments of, of realizing like, oh, oh, like if I looked more Middle Eastern, like I would, there, this would be affecting me like a, a shit time, like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And so like, I had this like, realization of like my, like my heritage and like, you know, where, you know, where, 
not I came from, but where like, you know, the, my, my ancestors came from and kind of what, what brought them to where, to where they are and what they've kind of, what they've gone through before something like 9-11 happened and just like the, the, the stereotypes and just the, the stuff they dealt with. And so um, it was really weird. And it was something I had to struggle with for a long time, having to, you know, having to uh, not like, not like, I don't know, like block my own identity out, not, not pretend that I wasn't Middle Eastern. So it was almost like one of those things that I would kind of, any chance I could, I would, I would embrace it, you know, but you'd see people that would like find out and you could see like the look on their face. Like they just like, they instantly judge you or whatever. And like, even like one of my fucking like uncles, you know, he was like looking at me one day and he saw my beard and he was like, what are you, what are you doing? You fucking terrorist. And I was like, well, Hey, hello. Hello, uncle. Good to, good to see you. Hope you're glad, glad you're doing okay. You know, like, it's just this weird thing you have to live with where like, you know, it's, it's, you know, we live in such like a, a whitewashed community and everything, everyone around you is a, a large majority of people around you are, are white. And like my immediate family is essentially, essentially white, except for my, you know, Middle Eastern side. And like, it's, you know, it's this really weird, um, it's really weird place to be in. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a privilege of mine to, to look, look like this because I didn't have to be, you know, like completely like attacked for being Middle Eastern. I didn't have to deal with like any of the things anyone else did, especially, you know, I mean, I'm just talking about Middle Eastern and after 9-11, not even everything else that's happened with people too, but you know, it's something that I really struggled with for, for kind of like years while this was like that whole thing was kind of unfolding and trying to like hide my identity. And then, you know, then do I, how do I embrace it? And what do I do? And so, um, yeah, so that was, so all, all that to say, I, I it definitely was a pivotal, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bottle? All of that to say, it was a pivotal moment in uh, in my life as well for for like kind of different reasons than you, but I, th- I think it was for a lot of people just just because of the nature of the whole thing. But you know, it it yeah. was uh, it was a it was an interesting one for me. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's weird, but um, I didn't really think about it much until the other day, like literally yesterday. So I just think it's so funny that you would ask me today about that because I I was like, man, like that's weird to think about. Like that was how I was. I, I really was just like, all right, what the fuck do I care about this? You know? And, um, and it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where the memories that I had were not necessarily about the day, but they were more about like what came from the day. And so I was just like, huh? Like, but then the, I had like a friend whose birthday was that day right so to, I, I wonder what that was like for him yeah. really or when he thinks back on it especially like the years following too like every time it's your birthday it's a very sad and somber day and um in a day of remembrance and as every year passes you know there's a few people who bring it back up again and then there's people who don't um because it's like as as time passes memory sort of fade which is is part of reasons why you can't necessarily trust them <laughs> you know um but it's and it's also it, our since our memories can sometimes betray us you know to get off the whole 9-11 subject um yeah my bad it no no worries whatever <laughs> <laughs> but like it's because that they betray us that sometimes like some of our emotions that we're feeling um 
we're like prisoners of because of some memory that we have that may not be fully accurate because you don't know all of the context behind it. And so um, that kind of transitions into anger and where it comes from. And is it something like, what's the point in having it and, and all of that. And so I've, I'm reading a book uh, and I've mentioned Tit Nat Han before. I'm reading his book on anger now, and um, I'm only like two chapters deep. I've read it before, but I wanted to go over it again because I feel like I need to. Um, and so he's refers to anger as like being a baby and then you need to nurture it. Um, and I think that that's pretty interesting, but I, I dug deeper, you know, I'm, I explain that. Place. Well, basically, as briefly as you can for my infantile baby brain. Yeah. Okay. So basically what it is, is that if you had, if you're a mother of a baby, let's say you're a father, cause you're the guy, right? It's like, so you say your baby's in the other room and it starts to cry. Do you ignore it? Well, if you verbalize it, yeah, sure. But if you're not doing that, you don't, you give your baby attention. As soon as it starts crying, you try to assess its needs, right? So the moment that you have anger, you don't ignore it. You acknowledge it. And then you assess its needs. Where did it come from? What, why is it here? You nurture yourself because the anger really, no matter what, it doesn't matter. You, you can be like, oh, I'm angry because this person did this thing. Or I'm angry because this situation is fucking me up. But really, yeah, but the what, anger, is, what is it about that situation that's fucking you up? Like, where does it come ex- from? Yeah, exactly. And so the anger stems from you. You're the one who's living with the anger. You're the one suffering from the anger. That's what anger is. It is suffering. So I dug deeper. You know, I I started digging into that. I found a parable, uh, a Buddhist parable about, and please, God, Sean, don't be mad because of the ending of these stories. It's it's like, it's always weird when you find them. They don't have these complete endings. And when I read it, so no, that story. You talk about the the the, the Hopi Indian ones or uh, the Hopi Indian yeah, ones. Yeah, did you look it up? <laughs> no, I didn't look it up. I trusted you to tell me the story. I was also like, I was also in a mood, and I was feeling like I needed to. I needed some things like, oh, the people fucked up. Let me hear what happened to them. And they were just like, we're sad and sitting next to ants. And I was like, fuck you all. Like started flipping tables. Like yeah, no, that's that's what was going on there. I needed to, I needed some closure. I needed the people to be like to like like smote for their 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 bullshit or something like that. Like. I know that's why I was like, what, what, go back to the story. Tell me what happened. Like, what, so how, then, did, how did they feel their pain? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, no, no, I mean, anyways, go ahead. What the end of that is really is that there is still to come a, I, a final reckoning of human beings, right? Like, we're, there's going to be a time in which we meet another end of the planet and it needs to be rebuilt again. And we're on our way there. Um, honestly whatever but, it's supposed to be listening back to it i was like okay i didn't have to have like this story. like this doesn't have to be credits rolling and like the city burning behind them like i, I get it okay <laughs> yeah no you're fine it, it was it, it was fine <laughs> so good um but <laughs> like with this story though i felt a little unsatisfied with the end so i want to give that disclaimer Go but on. as I still got a message from it and I think that it's important. And so I want to share it. And so here's my version of the story because I'm no Buddhist and I'm not going to tell it the same as them. So different language too. There, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a village and there is this old badass motherfucker. So we'll call him the BAMP. 
The Banff Uptown. Already, right now, word for word. <laughs> yes, sir. The Banff of this town. He's just this guy. It's like every battle he's ever had to fight, he's won. He's incredible. Everybody knows it. All the towns around know it. They're just like, yeah, we don't fuck with that place because it's got this old badass there and we don't want to fuck with him. And then there's a, this young fighter guy and uh, we can call him like the champ, right? So this guy, he's a little champ and he's like, fuck this. Like, I'm the champ. I beat everybody. I have my own way of going about beating everybody, which is that he will wait for his opponent to attack him. And when he's when they attack him, he assesses their weakness. And from there, he will then attack. And then that's how he takes them out. And he's known for winning every single fight that he's been in. And he's travels. Like, this guy goes everywhere. He just is like, oh, you know what? I'm looking for Bamps all the fuck over town. Like, all over the fucking world. Like, I'm just out here knocking them down one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And here I am. I'm the real Bamp. <laughs> so then he comes to this village and he's like i want to challenge you fight me and everybody in town is like oh holy bam please don't do this this is a bad idea because this guy has kicked all the asses of all the men he's ever challenged in the past you cannot do this and Banff is like fuck that i'm a badass i'm doing this thing i bet he, i bet he does it he's like so let's do it. And so um, they, you know, like against the, the whole town's like, what's it, what's it called? Uh, warning. Discretion. He, he does not heed their warning. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so he goes out there and then it's like the, the other guy comes to fight him. But of course, his whole thing is like, I want you to hit me first. I'm looking for your weakness. Um, and so he's just, he's pissed. Right. And so because nothing's happening, he's just waiting for this guy to strike him. Right. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Who the champ? Okay. You're saying he a bunch. So who who's doing that right now? That's just why I gave the names. I'm sorry. The champ is in town and he meets with the bamps. And and so the champ is like waiting for the bamp to make the first strike because he's like, We've we've agreed on this fight. You're here. Let's do it. Let's fucking go. And then so he's just like he's yelling things like that he's like let's go you know fuck this blah 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 he's all up in his face he's fucking yelling every typical buddhist like everything he can do he's just like fuck you you're a piece of shit he's trying to say anything that'll like get underneath this guy's skin it's like maybe he's attacking the people of the town and and all of that calling this guy old and weak and whatever and the guy's just staring at him he's just like "Mm." well you know like that's that's all good and well that you think that and he doesn't really respond or react he just stands there and he stares and then eventually the champ is like exhausted as fuck because he's just been jumping all over the place he's been screaming at the top of his lungs and now the sun's going down and not a single punch has been thrown and he's just like (sighs) and he's like fuck this and he leaves and then all the people at the town are like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how are you going to call yourself a bamp if you didn't even fucking kick that guy's ass? Like, why didn't you kick his ass? What the hell is that? And the guy's like, if somebody comes to give you a gift and you don't accept it, 
who's left with the gift then? And so that's the end of the story, which is basically that if you have anger that you try to throw at somebody and they don't accept it, who's left with that? You are. You're the one sitting there with that shit. You're the one with the suffering, not the person on the other end who you're angry at. They might be completely at peace. If they are angry back at you, they have their own suffering to deal with. But really, you're the one who's who's dealing with that. So that sends me down the rabbit hole of forgiveness. But before I do that, I know you got something to say. I think that story <laughs> had an, I think that was a better ending than the than the Native American one. I think I did a better job of telling it. If you would have watched that fucking video, you would have been disappointed. Well, you were like angry as hell and you're like putting in your own words. It was like, it was like Dorothy's beating people up. And then Dorothy's also this like old dude named Dorothy who's fighting fighting himself named Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a bunch of Dorothy. Hey, all the villagers are just Dorothy, you know, just all of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, me. it's like Eddie Murphy and um, Eddie Professor, literally every <laughs> role. <laughs> it's just like, how did he do this? Was he not exhausted? <laughs> like he's going from bat suit to bat suit. <laughs> Eddie Murphy and coming to America. Oh my God. When, when it was well done, where you didn't need a fat suit to look like somebody different. <laughs> good point. Uh, he did do a really good job. He's an incredible actor. Um, and comedian. Like, let's all and, give it up and for musician. Five. And musician. Haven't you let's ever heard of Park? For- Party all the time by Eddie Murphy. Oh Come shit, you're you're young. Look that up. Look up Party think, All the Time by Eddie Murphy. The the hook is My Girl Likes to Party All the Time. Party. I think I do know that song. Yeah, yeah, I do know that song. I didn't realize that was Eddie Murphy. Sure shit is. Oh my God. Uh, wow. What a multifaceted human being. <laughs> yeah. And so you know what? Even though he's he's a he's a really whatever musician, we're gonna forgive him. <laughs> There you go. There's your segue. Perfect. Um, Seamless. Uh, what's that? What's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's that well, I, if I derail you, I got to like drag some, like drag it back onto the track somehow, you know? Well, yeah. Well, I think about like, okay. So when you're mad at somebody, right? Like, how do you get rid of that? What do you do with it? Fester. And then and I, let it, let it boil up inside you for years. Yeah, you just and then explode vengeance. one day. What we do explode, we explode one day on some poor old lady driving next to you in the car. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you know, take oh, that. That's one of your options. <laughs> take it out on somebody else, right? Take it out on the people around you who have literally nothing to do with it. You know, take your bad mood and let it affect other people. Another option is that vengeance route, that revenge route. Like, uh, what can I do to fuck this person up? But both of those things leave you tied, like to that person. So then it's like, so what do you do with the anger that you feel for them? And the best thing to do with it is find a way to get rid of it. And so how do you get rid of it? And it's like, well, forgiveness. And so forgiveness does not require an apology. And I'll get into apologies here in a minute and why they don't work. It's like, but forgiveness is something you decide to do and you should go into it with a Buddhist mindset 
And I got this actually from this girl, her name's Sarah Montana. I watched a TED talk that she did. And she had her entire, oh, or not entire, let me, let me draw it back. I'm hyperboling over here. Um, her mother and her brother were killed by a guy that she knew, a neighborhood person that her mother had actually cared for. And she was angry with that person for a very long time. And she chose to forgive them. And when she chose to forgive them, it was because she saw him as a human being again, instead of like an evil monster. And that's her own story to tell. And if you want to check it out, Sarah Montana, look her up, TED Talk. Um, not Hannah Montana. Do not get her confused with Hannah Montana. Sarah Montana. And so anyway, <laughs> she, <Okay. laughs> she talks about how anger is this tether to this person and keeps you just stuck to them and intertwines these stories. And she also talks about forgiveness and, and how, how you can go about giving that. And it's interesting because you go, when you give something like forgiveness, you do it without expectation, which is a very Buddhist mindset sort of thing. I was like actually rewatching the Robin Williams documentary the other day too, where he like, there's this, award an oscar that was he was nominated for and him and two other actors and the other two actors get this award and it's funny because i don't even remember who they are um <laughs> because i care about robin and so it's like but they the two of them get it and he doesn't he's the only one who doesn't and they call robin up there and then he's like yeah i'm coming to this night with a very buddhist mindset yeah like no expectations and that's the thing that I've like really carried with me. I've seen the documentary before I've read. Uh, I also have the like biography of Robin Williams that uh, shares a lot of that same information. And I like to listen to that um, because he holds a special place in my heart from my childhood. And, um, but it's that no expectations mindset that really will serve you well in life. And that is the one thing from Buddhism. There's a lot, there's this weird thing where there's no actual sense of self in Buddhism, which I'm not with, I just, I'm not with that. Um, but there's a lot of things that I think is good about the, the religion itself and, and the way that they practice and, um, and everything like that and things to take away. And that's where all the, like the whole mindfulness really does come from Buddhism and Hinduism and, and, and trying to be one with like everyone. So it's interesting that there's no sense of self. But um, the no expectations is great. And that's something that when you go to forgive someone, you kind of have to do it without expectation. You can't expect for them to have apologized to you before you gave it. You can't expect for things with them to be better after you've given it. You know, you can't expect for them to come to you with some sort of like, oh, God, you know, like, thank you for forgiving me or any of that. It's just like the reason why you forgive is for you. It's so that you can be free again, from your suffering that you're feeling from this anger baby that lives inside you. Well, you know, and like the, the forgiveness part, like, or like uh, the, I guess the, the apology, whatever it is that you're saying is almost like, uh, it's almost like the revenge thing. Like there's still like you, you know, and if I, if I've learned anything from movies and, and, and anime is uh, revenge doesn't ever, doesn't ever fulfill anything. and just makes it, makes it worse, makes it fester. And you become the, you can become the bad guy in the show ultimately. Um, mm -hmm. And, 
I feel like the apology is kind of the same thing, waiting for this apology and then hoping this apology comes, which I've, I've got, I have a very, very real experience exactly close to this that I have never gotten an apology. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that you, you hang on to and it becomes this like festering thing inside of you. And it, it is, it's very similar to revenge. Like you're, you're tethered, you're waiting for this thing. It's going to be, it's going to be X, Y, and Z. And I think even if I, if I ever got it, especially back when I, when I really thought I needed it, I think it would have done worse. I would have been so angry that it, like, oh, great. You're, you're glad you're fine with everything now. And you just apologize and it's over. And so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I, I, I really, I really agree with that. That's, that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Interesting. So I like it. Nice. So you're segueing into why apologies don't work. Because apologies. I sure as shit am. You're welcome. That's two. It's two yeah, that I definitely go. meant to do and did very well. Two points for Sean. Ah. All right. So, so apologies don't work for a couple of reasons. And this is actually a conclusion I came to on my own. So when I was looking up about forgiveness, I'm reading about anger. I did do some research on apologies as well. Right. Not me. Uh, not Sean. I'm carrying this project, but he has good input. <laughs> hey, if you don't, if, if you mess up, you don't get an A either. So come on. Yeah, it's true. Oh my gosh. It's like when you, you know, when you do a group project and then they're like, score your project, you know, like score the people on your in your group. Like you're gonna give each other grades. All I, know, I mean, all I know is I'm gonna get an A as well. So we'd all discuss the grades as a group. We're like, all right, so everybody's gonna give Christine a hundred. <laughs> it's like and then um the rest of us get 80 percent, right is that okay <laughs> it's like yeah whatever bitches <laughs> everybody else gets 80 percent um anyway clearly i'm still bitter <laughs> you know what you should do about that forgive them goddamn right you should i actually have i'm i don't really care like i, I don't I, even think i, I, I cared at that time um yeah, it's like, it, it's funny when I reflect back on high school, it was such a, a different time of my life, so much simpler. <laughs> but anyway, uh, apologies. They don't work because one, you can give one and then the other person's not ready to receive it. And it kind of works the same as the parable I just told you. If you are going to give somebody an apology and they don't accept it, then who's left with it? Then you're just kind of left with like this feeling of like, you said you're fucking sorry. And then they don't even give a shit because, you know, they don't think it's sincere. So why don't they think it's sincere? Because there's all these elements to an apology that most people miss. And so there's a lot of, um, when you apologize, you'll get defensive. You'll do things like look off into space. You'll like your mannerisms show that you don't really care. There's like all this sort of stuff. Basically, the apology pains you to give, but you're giving it because it's like, I just want to move the fuck on. And so this is what I gathered. And so I actually got this and I'm going to read it because I think it's going to be just much easier. Um, But it's also an episode of Explained, which is one of the more recent episodes and their newer episodes. It's actually the most recent episode is on apologies. And so... They explain that it's broken into seven parts and that most of the time, not all of these parts are hit. But if you were able to hit all these parts, then you might have a successful apology. Maybe. We don't know because it depends on if the person on the other side wants to receive it. And again, that's from my own knowledge, not from the show. Um, But one, 
expressing remorse, showing that you actually do feel bad about this. Two, acknowledge the harm that you've caused, the pain that has stemmed from your action, saying something about that. Three, taking responsibility for that pain and your actions that you took to cause that pain. Four, offer the explanation for why it is that you did that. So it could be, I was having a really bad day. I found out X, Y, Z bad news. And then so I took that out on you and I'm sorry for that. That helps, right? So that's the fourth thing. Fifth thing, offer the repair. That I feel like is a challenge, right? What the fuck is the repair? I guess it depends on the situation. So you better get creative, bitch. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Um, then six, <laughs> commit to the change that you're not going to have that same behavior in the future. And then finally, asking for forgiveness. And then at that point, it's up to the person who received the apology to decide if they want to give you forgiveness. And then at that point, since you asked for it, hopefully, yeah, you do want to take it. But if you were to give this whole seven-step apology and, it, and they're just like, no, then that's, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. So at that point, it's like, what do you do? When you give an apology and somebody doesn't receive it, what do you do? And when you have anger, okay, I understand how to get rid of that. You forgive. And do you need to forgive? To the person specifically, does it need to be a verbal forgiveness? No. The forgiveness lives in you. You don't have to say shit to the other person to forgive them. That's the really exciting part. If so if you really want to cut ties with somebody, if they really hurt you the way you think they hurt you, the best way to cut the tie is to forgive them and move the fuck on. No conversation. No nothing. This is the thing that you need to do. And so I'm like, oh my God, bitch, you figured it out. Here's how you're gonna do it. This is what you're gonna do. <laughs> and so now it's like kind of up to me to figure out like with all this anger that lives inside of me and one, taking my little baby, nurturing it, understanding where it comes from and how it needs to be fed, how it needs to be loved and nurtured. Then taking whatever little stems that are whatever I want to associate with this anger and saying, you know, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're fine. Everything's good. Like, don't worry about it. And then like, fuck the apology. Fuck the apology. The apology doesn't mean shit. And I've actually lived my entire life thinking that sorries don't mean shit. And it's just like, okay, so I had this ex-boyfriend and his grandma had this phrase she would say all the time. And I'm sure it's a common phrase, but I had heard it from her. So for me, it's from her. Stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. Stuff your sorries in a sack because they don't mean shit. That's what it means. It's like, you know what I want? Change behavior. You know what I want? Communication. You know what I want? Somebody who actually gives a shit. That's what I want. And it's like, so your sorries, Throw them in the garbage, baby, because all I want is for us to move on. 
And so if we want to maintain a relationship and move on, then we do that. But if we don't want to maintain a relationship, then whatever sort of thing that severed that tie, it doesn't matter. I forgive you for whatever happened. I hope you forgive me for whatever happened. And I want you to live a happy life. Because what what good does it do me to want you to have something bad happen to you? That's the vengeance route. That's tying me to you still. Why do I want something bad to happen to you? I don't want that. I want you to be happy. And I want you to find what you need. But at the same time, in order for me to be happy, in, in order for me to find what I need, I have to let go. And that has zero responsibility on the other person. Zero. It doesn't matter what part they played in it. All of it is on me. Yeah. It's like, I had a friend actually tell me this too. And I was kind of a dick about it Um, (laughs) because I wasn't ready to receive that message yet. And it was just one of the, it was just like, you know what? You, You want me to keep it? G with you real quick. And he really used that phrase. You want me to keep it G with you? And I said, you can always be honest with me. That's all I want from anyone is their honesty. He says, this person didn't do shit to you. You are the one who chooses this. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, (laughs) I didn't actually say that to him, but I'm just like, no, you're wrong. They did do something to me. And you just don't understand. And I don't think anybody understands. Then I do my own research. And lo and behold, my research tells me exactly what the fuck my friend told me. Exactly what he told me. But I wasn't ready to receive it because when he gave it to me, it wasn't fact. It was like, this is this person who's got their shit figured out. Whatever. You're happy. You're peaceful. You've made peace with whatever's happened to you. That doesn't mean that you understand what happened to me. And so then I got a little angry, you know, and it's just like, but what, suddenly now you're angry at somebody else who literally had nothing to do with this. You reached out to them for help and then you got mad at them. Well, you know, it's, it's, you got to think why, why are you angry with them? Because I didn't want to, like, it's because what they were telling me was truthful. Right. And it's like, and I just didn't want to accept what was being said to me. Yeah. And like, so I've had quite the week of fucking. <laughs> oh, that was this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is all, this has all been this past week. I mean, me and you just re- like, we just met with each other on, on Thursday. And then I, I did all that crazy fast editing on the one episode or whatever over the yep. weekend. We got the Monday episode out and now here we are. It's Thursday. And you were like, we should research things. And I was like, well, good, good news, sir. I was like, have hey, I been talk researching? About and then all everything was like <laughs> dropped in there instantly. So yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering if that was something that you were just like mad about in the moment, or you had been thinking about or researching, I guess, in, in the meantime. So no, I just been, yeah, I've been just doing a lot of work. And um, and the, the other thing too is that I, I feel like you receive messages when you're supposed to, and then like you have conversations, you have certain things happen to you exactly when they're supposed to. So synchronistic. Uh, I think, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I think uh, I think you're right. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think you heard the exact same message at some time before, but you weren't in a place to understand it or accept it. You know, something happened and it makes perfect sense to anybody else, but you your head is not there and you are still focused on why why me or why you know, I'm just I'm just throwing not not mm-hmm. you specifically yeah. this, this example whatever example why me, why does this happen to me? Why did this thing here? Why did this person blank, whatever, whatever versus, you know, versus whatever, whatever actually it is. Why am I still so like kind of caught up with this stuff? And so I think it's, you know, I actually went through this two weeks ago too with, with something else, like kind of, you know, I was like, why do, why am I blah, 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 blah. Why am I in this, this situation? Why are these things happening? Yeah. I don't understand. And it was, it was a work thing. And then it was literally, I've been thinking about this for a couple months and saying it out loud to somebody else I work with. I was like, fuck, I completely understand everything that I, that's been happening and why I'm in this position right now. So yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's you, you know, the information, you understand the answer. You're just not ready to, to hear it, accept it, like process it the way you need to. So yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And just wanted to in, in, insert myself into the story. <laughs> no, I mean, we're co-hosts and I'm for like the, I feel like the last few episodes I have just been like, this is my show now, Sean. And here's what we're talking about. And here's the next thing. <laughs> like, Guess so, what? It's not. Uh, yeah, I know it's not. Um, it's <laughs> well, it's not mine. Your... Not my, it's not mine either. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I mean, well, here's the thing. It's your idea. Right. It's so it's your show in that regard. Like you came up with the concept of like, let's do this thing. Goddamn right then, it is. You all heard that. Yeah. And so uh, my two dollars I, mean, I got from Anchor. Yeah. Two dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sean had this idea, and this was something that he had before he ever met me. I I'm like, so when I first came into it, um I was thinking about like it's your show and I'm just a voice on it. And, and I was fine with that. I'm just like, I show up, I talk, that's the thing I do and that's it. Um, but then it became a lot more to me um, as, as we've continued to do it. And I'm like, no, like let's make sure that we're coming in with some interesting stuff for people to maybe check out if they want to, you know, 15 minute Ted talks by Sarah Montana, or, um, you know, read this book on anger by Matt Hahn, or, you know, like, you know, I love Brene Brown, read any of her stuff, listen to any of her stuff. Um, But it's just like, so that or like, oh, here's the YouTube video. So the YouTube video that you watched that I watched, I actually watched episode 13 and 14 on um, memory, but for whatever reason, 14 wasn't as interesting to me it's called crash course. So that's something this guy actually, I don't recommend his videos because I realize he's got a thing that he's doing, which is this crash course, but he's talking way too fast, you know, and that's not a slight at Sean. Um, I'm pretending pretending I have a color that I can pull right now. (laughs) Oh yeah, Sean talks real fast. Um, (laughs) I uh, don't know what you're talking about. It was really funny too in the AMPM meeting today when you were like, uh, it's like, this will be quick. We start with John. And then it's like, <laughs> when it got to you, you were like, uh, 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 and I was just like, and now we're on Sean. It's going to take forever. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to just keep my little mouth shut and like, which I know, or my humongous mouth shut because <laughs> it's gigantic. I mean, look at how big it really is. 
<laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's so big. Um, and it's because I had an expander to make sure all my teeth could fit. Uh, that was the first step of braces for me, which I did. You, was did you for, forgive your parents for making you do that? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I, I love them for making me get the expander and get braces because the expander is the reason why I stopped sucking my thumb finally. Because oh. um, I sucked my thumb until like sixth grade. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but I was, I got that expander put in and it was like, every time I'd go to stick my thumb in my mouth, it would hit the expander. So it wasn't oh, comfortable anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just stopped doing it. Um, and then like, then I had enough room for all these humongous teeth. And then, <laughs> and then they were like braces for that girl. <laughs> them some crooked teeth. <laughs> <laughs> So, you were gonna say, I know, I was like, <laughs> you, were, you were saying something like fairly like normal versus like my <laughs> random like bullshit, normal, yeah. bullshit yeah. like interruptions. Uh, I was talking about the show, I was talking about the evolution of the show and my oh, part yeah. in the show. And now I feel like it has become a full partnership. It is your idea, your creative baby. But as we go through it, we really do. We are good co-parents to this baby. <laughs> you know, it's like we we really talk out everything, and it is never a point in which. Um, and this is to to the listeners to hear too. Um, there's never a point in which I feel like Sean is, you know, manhandling this op and fucking taking over and telling me to get in the corner and look pretty or anything like that. Um, he's very open to my ideas. He wants to hear about what I have to say. We do not agree on everything. <laughs> like I feel like I don't do even that. know if I, I don't know if I agree with that either. But whatever. What do you What do you I'm just kidding. I don't agree that I don't like, agree anything. Come on. <laughs> it's like things that he just doesn't agree. <laughs> but it's just like it's this really beautiful thing, and I think it means a lot to both of us. And um and you said it last episode but it, it means a lot to both of us and um I couldn't agree more like it, it's just one of these things that well one I had this thing when I got to know you a little bit where I said oh. Sean's really important oh. like really <laughs> that, that was your important. first mistake no like not like in an important to everybody else way important to my life's journey way and so it's just like okay shot this motherfucker right here there's something important about him and i don't know what it is well and it also, never you never see me play guitar hero that's why <laughs> stupid sorry <laughs> damn it <laughs> okay but like no and then as we really started to get into you came to me about the show like forever ago and then we decided to do it which we already went over that in the last episode too so i'm not going to go into it again but it's like because you reached out to me and we didn't really do anything at first you know we went and we we played dungeons and dragons and we didn't realize we have like a fuck ton of things in common while we're two people who disagree on everything it's like you know we both loved blink 182 before they were popular um and it's like we we have all these similarities and there's this huge age gap really like it's how i should not call it huge but it's a huge big age gap. it's a big age gap okay it's nine years 
God damn. All right. Well, whatever. Right? Is that right? How old are you? I'm going to say no, but. How old are you? I'm uh, 24. No, I'm, I'm 38. Okay. So not nine years. I'm wrong. Yeah. It's. Seven. I just look this much older. No, it's seven. I thought it was nine. I did the math wrong. I was trying to do the. I think I always, I always, you were like, eight, ah, you know, I, I always I, say I I'm, just thinking, like, I'm 40. So just, you know, that could be part of it. I was too. thinking you were 20 on the 9 11 because my memory sucks. And I just went back. I was like, oh, he was 20 at 9 um, 11. And then I was like, no, he was 18. So it's because I did the math wrong because I started with the number 20. It's also because <laughs> so, it's because that's also because of your memory, though. And so, you know what yeah. I did? I, I committed that you were 11 years old to memory when that happened. Yeah, no, and, that your, and that your music teacher told you something. I forgot that part, but <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> music teacher they, did some bullshit. <laughs> they, they taught you a lesson in fluting or something. I don't know. Um, oh my no, goodness! No, no, but yeah, I didn't it's, play it's, the it's, flute. Well, <laughs> like, I played the damn trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> the clarinet. The man's the man's flute. <laughs> the man's flute, clarinet. <laughs> because I wanted to play the saxophone. No. Um, no, when I actually, I wanted to play saxophone. I remember talking to them about that. And they were like, well, you know, that takes a lot of lung capacity. We'll start you out on the clarinet and then oh, you, can, right. you know, grow into the saxophone. I was like, no. And so, and then that's when I was like, like, what the I fuck? Wanna, no, because I would say, no, what you're remembering, see, memory failing again, is that ah. I told you that I wanted to play trombone because from there I jumped uh. from the saxophone to the trombone. And I was like, well then let me play the trombone then and they were like same shit and also your arms are too short <laughs> you're just not big enough and like they're just like no they basically just shut me down the trombone which is great because this means that i can oh wait i don't know if we ever even we didn't share that oh that was one of those episodes that. that was one of those episodes okay so occasionally me and sean have conversations that get a little too personal <laughs> so i just don't feel comfortable putting them on the air and um but there is a time in which we're talking about it's because it's like we're filling in this person who's not actually in the room but we can also just it, cut all this out too that's the other part of this <laughs> i mean yeah but then i don't know um God, yeah okay fuck it we'll just drop it <laughs> so <laughs> so you I were saying so you were saying that we agree on a lot of things even though i'm so much older than you with the podcast no, we don't agree on a lot of things, but we have a mm, lot. That's, a, that's what I meant. That's a, see, I forgot. Sorry, my memory. And, <laughs> She's my, memory, so good. my memory. <laughs> my memory is the worst. Um, and it's because my memory always betrays me that I started getting into all this research that then stemmed into the rest of it. But what I was going to say is I knew that you were really important. Didn't know why. We started, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons together. That's fun definitely had some great character chemistry with like Billy and Squizzy yeah. with Ren and Barhamot you know it's like in both cases it was like for whatever reason with Barhamot and Ren and so this is to give a little background to the listeners Barhamot is this dragon thing <laughs> he carries yeah. around a little ball <laughs> like a little crystal ball he doesn't really <laughs> it just happened to be like the plastic thing that was nearby my little character so I was like this is in your hand now yeah well, unrelated to any role playing uh, yeah, so, but Barma and, and Ren are characters that exist from a campaign when we play Dungeons and Dragons together in person, and God, do I miss it. And if we could ever bring those characters back in another campaign with the same dungeon master, I would be all about it. Yep. Um, but I, I, uh, I'm this, like, little bird person. 
and she's a girl. She has wings. This is her wings are for flair exclusively. I was not allowed to use them in battle. Um, but I was very youthful because I was a, a high elf who had not yet claimed adulthood. And normally elves decide and say when they're an adult. And when they do that, they will choose a new name. And Ren had never really wanted to do that. She had left her society very early. She had always enjoyed being this young and lighthearted, oh God, young and lighthearted person. And so think of her as very childlike. Um, but she's also next to a hundred years old and she's got the rocking body of like a 35 year old. <laughs> I mean, she's got pale blue skin and beautiful, bright blue hair, silvery wings, got little shards of gold. For why am I not she's surprised? You why am I not just surprised you described your D and D character as rock and body? <laughs> rock and body, you guys. She was hot. <laughs> I just remember oh a, pla- a plastic little figurine. I don't remember. I don't remember anyone's character. Oh my god, she was so cute. Um, anywho, and, and she carried this little tiny blue bird around in her hand too, which was just part of the figurine. It had nothing to do with the, the story. Um, but anyway, she was very youthful, and Sean's character felt protective over her or something. So that was something that happened pretty early. It was just like a Sean protects my little bird girl, Rin. And then um, the next campaign, he's a stoner dude, squizzy. <laughs> and then I come into this campaign a little late, but I'm this like frat bra. And my name's Billy Marmalade. And he he's a party smoker. <laughs> but he's like, hey my dude my bro oh my god and it became this whole like they just they fucking jive they they party together another girl or there's a girl in the campaign played by a dude but stacy stacy is annoyed by both of us because <laughs> we yeah. both are we're very misogynistic i would say as a duo and, and we're stacy get back became <laughs> we the had, key we had this, ur- this urge to defend stacy yeah season. who was a way better fighter than us right right <laughs> better fighter than, like you think our dice knew that our characters were supposed to be high and they would just be the worst yeah. rolls every time and then stacy'd come in and throw a frappuccino uh ray of frost for those who play and call it a frappuccino in this campaign she'd throw a frappuccino and she'd freaking roast them or Freeze the motherfucker. <laughs> it's just like battles over. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Slizzy and Billy Marmalade are high as fuck because they just locked themselves in a hot box <laughs> while they were trying to fight this person and keep Stacy out of the room. <laughs> that is my favorite fucking memory from Dungeons and Dragons, period. Like, period. I, I, I gotta say, like, I mean, it's it's so weird, like, hearing that because, like, I don't remember that. I don't. I mean, I remember. I remember. I remember our characters. I remember like Stacy get back. Obviously, like, I remember. I remember you know Slizzy and Billy and everyone else that was on that. But like, you know, like Johnny Business, that was a good one. Oh but, my like, god, Johnny Business. But like, I I don't remember <laughs> like what you were just describing. Like, no recollection of it at all. Like, you know, the things yeah. I remember from that campaign. There's a few things, and it's been and, and this is like the selfish side of me. I remember like one of the first puzzles we got because I figured it out like right away. I remember like Stacy get back and like you know everyone's names and shit like that. I remember, remember um, the drag race. I remember the drag race because I fucking won first place in that bitch. Yeah. Even uh, though I was the one who should have really won. Yeah. I, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm still gonna disagree with that because I all of a lot of my shit wasn't allowed to be to be used either. I had to cut back all my spells and all my like random shits that I could do. So yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think so. That's my, that's my, that's my, agree to disagree. that's my plaque. <laughs> Um, no, it's your, but, it is but, your plaque. No, no, but I mean, I don't, I don't really care. But like, those, but those are the, those are like kind of my memories from that, that campaign. Like, I remember the story. I remember like the annoying guy. I remember like us, but I don't remember like, I, I have a hard time remembering like those specific instances. And I think it's because the things that were mo- like, and you know, you said that was a really memorable experience to you. And like, that was like, when you, you really enjoyed like being in that room or whatever, whatever it was. And, you know, I really, enjoy, I, my favorite experience of that is like, I made this character like was just like, it's just super high all the time. Like the, the world we were in and like the, the characters that like the, the DM made for us. And then like the relationships that like you, me and, and, and Stacey's, you know, person played. Also guys, uh, the DM of this campaign is our favorite listener, Mark. Hey. <laughs> Shout yep. out to Mark. We love you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Uh, it looks like Mark listened 14 times for our last episode because we had 14 listeners. No, no, but so it's, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Like the things that I, that I enjoyed selfishly are the only things that I really remembered about that. And so it's, it's, it kind of goes to show a lot of like the, you know, what we're talking about before with memory and you can commit things to memory, like short term, like remember, like, you know, I, I forced myself to remember you were 11 years old at night during nine 11. Um, but like uh, the things that we like, these like campaigns we went on and this like crazy adventures we did, I kind of forgot a lot of details of it. So it's, it's really interesting like what, what sticks and what doesn't and kind of how, um, okay. how, how we can't trust our memories. Have I got how... Mind fuck for you. All right. All right. So there's certain things you don't remember because never, ever once were they a memory at any point. There's certain things that you can do that are so natural to you that you don't have to remember them it's like when like you're walking. driving no, sure but like when you're driving somewhere sure asshole hang on i'm in the middle of a fucking sentence <laughs> it's like you don't know me yet <laughs> like you're driving somewhere that you've been before and so you just kind of zone out and then all of a sudden you're just like wait wait where the fuck am i all of a sudden and it's because that whole first part you actually weren't remembering shit because you didn't need to because it's just like this thing that's kind of like programmed in and so um there's like you have implicit memories and explicit memories and so i thought that that was kind of interesting but then you also have like programmatic memories and then like situational memories so what they what's happened a lot when somebody receives damage to their memories is that they will still be able to do things like get up, brush their teeth, get dressed, make whatever breakfast, but they can't create memories or store memories and they don't have any of their memories from the past. You know, so it's like this weird thing where these situational, they're called, um, they're called something else. I know I have it written down right here but I don't want to look it up. I want to see if I can take it from my memory. Um, it's like, isn't this fucked up? I'm doing a fucking memory exercise. Fucking goddamn. <laughs> it's, like, see, it's, it's like, okay, see, this is what happens to me when I can't remember anything. Cuss words exclusively. <laughs> fucking goddamn. That makes sense. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cock, sucker, motherfucker, shit, fart, turns, and twat. Do you know that song? Uh, I know a song that was, I was going to say, I know a song that was close to that, but it wasn't Blink-182. I know the Green Day, Green Day version of something like that. No, um, no, they, uh, I didn't listen to Blink-182 after like their second or third album. Oh, they did it at the Mark, Tom and Travis show, but it's also, it's from George Carlin. 
he's the one who's just like does the it's in his stand-up where he says shit he shit piss fuck punt cocksucker motherfucker shit fart turd twat right and so it's like to get all the cuss words out and i forget exactly what the joke is about that but you can look it up george carlin um if i remember but then then blink 22 when they did the uh, mark tom and travis show that was their live album like right after enema of the state it's got a lot of dude ranch on it and it has a lot of their banter on it and then it has a lot of shit they just kind of like made up like little pieces where they took like the melody to their song and they added additional lyrics to it um so there's like certain things where when i'll listen to it i can't help but automatically like add another phrase in because it was right at right before take your pants off the jacket came out so it was like there's like little plugs of that and there and certain parts of the songs and it's like take your pants off and then it just go into whatever and so I have those sort of memories that are forever tied because there's this musical accompaniment with it um but yeah so in that album they do one of the extra little songs at the end um it's them playing guitar and bass and drums to that and shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker shit fart turn twat shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker tits fart turn and twat and so it's like and that's why i can remember all the words because <laughs> i was very fucking young when that album came out and i remember thinking oh the best and i had no idea about george carlin's stand-up until like fucking 15 years later <laughs> it's just like it's insane um but uh yeah so your memory is interesting because when you add like a melody to it it's easier for you to remember when you attach it to an emotion it can either be easy for you to remember or it can fuck up the way you remember it it's like i I don't know it's just it's interesting how the whole thing works so and go ahead it's like it's like the jenny song eight six seven five three or nine which is what the guy brings up in that That's, crash which, course. Which is video. what the guy brings up. Yeah. So, but also like very, very like real, real life scenario versus that is there was a, uh, there was this appliance place up in, up in New York. And so uh, my parents had like a kitchen and bath, like random business thing. And like, it was, it failed and bankrupt. Yay. No money. Um, but in the meantime, they had, they had these two delivery drivers and they couldn't remember where they were going. And they were like trying to find this appliance house. And they were like, they sang the jangle. They were like, Dave Hayes. And this is from over 20 years ago, appliance center, 1904 Genesee street. And I will never forget that shit after 20 something years, 1904 Genesee street in Hartford, New York or Utica, New York, wherever it is, was, was that place. Like I know that address and it just burned into my fucking brain. It's a real thing. Um, one of my favorite words in Spanish is for carrots. And it's la zanahorias. Because my good teacher used to pretend like she was shaking maracas and she would just like say it like that. And then I was like, and that's carrots for you. <laughs> it stuck forever. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's cool how uh, you can do those sort of things. And then there's people who are like what they call memory athletes. And honestly, when I started learning about these guys, I started getting pissed the fuck off. And that's because these people have memories that are capable of doing so much and they are wasting them in my opinion on memory competitions where they're literally like taking time to remember pages of numbers that mean nothing they're taking time to remember faces and names that aren't actual people with the real names or any of that take these beautiful memories that you have 
these photogenic memories that you have oh, photogenic photographic it could be photogenic too <laughs> they have photogenic memories too they're beautiful the beautiful cloud of, of synapses in my brain <laughs> take but take these memories and put it towards a focus like what is your passion and then like really get into that because my memory kind of fucking sucks and i know that has to do with all the drug use <laughs> yep. like, but it's just like come on like if i had that like if it would have worked like that when i was younger too because i'm a i have something up with me like i just zone into certain things and i'll remember them in such great detail and then there's other things that i remember nothing nothing yeah. nothing i'm like somebody can be like oh no we had this conversation this did happen i'm like mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the story of my life, forgetting, <laughs> forgetting a conversation, you know, that my, that my wife will remind me of, of and I'm like, we never had that conversation. Like, she, that was 30 minutes ago. We just talked about this and like, yeah, and I'm just going to take your word for it. But And you um, want to know why you don't remember those conversations? Because you're not present. You need to be present in your conversation. I am, I am present. I got a shitty memory. But so, you know, with, with this. <laughs> you I, you I need know, to record all your conversations. That's, that's right. Yeah, no, that, that's dangerous. Yeah, I don't want to hear what the shit that I say. But um, so with with these like positive memories and with this stuff, too, there's there's one that I kind of want to share, you know, as we kind of get ready to like wrap up here, I guess, is uh, I I mentioned one of the episodes in the Dominoes of Life episode, my uncle who passed away and he was a math teacher and uh, he he taught me I actually may have taught my sister and then I learned in passing um, the quadratic formula from him uh, and it was sung to the tune of Frere Jaca and it was it's negative b negative b plus or minus square plus or minus square oh shit b squared minus 4ac b squared minus 4ac over 2a over 2a i think i was right but it was like it's like and i haven't looked at looked at since i was like you know 16 or 17 or something like that but it's one of those songs that like kind of stuck sticks with me and you know I'll, i'll always remember so i've got i got two good memories out of that one that's great um, i was scared that turdy was gonna bark and he totally didn't um, that was weird he just went out there and had his all all his hair stuck up he, he knew really... i was he knew i was singing and, and didn't want to interrupt it yeah, he was just like i love me a beautiful song <laughs> <laughs> about math who does love a song about math <laughs> i'm still gonna find that shirt it says math is cool yeah you definitely need to find that shirt um but uh yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess. What was I going to? I had a thing. I really did. It was because I wanted to tell you about the different types of memories. But for whatever reason. I, you know, it's not I've, coming to me. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, I'm like, maybe, I've got notes. I'm not. I, I'm, maybe you should have been present when you were talking about that. I guess so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I think it's okay. I think uh, if this is something that we can dive into a little bit more next week. I, I, you know, we've got we do have our our D and D friends waiting for us. So I think we should mm-hmm. maybe one of these days be respectful of their time um, and and get there on time as much as we can. So um, well, it depends on if you're on time. That yeah. So since this is my show, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, thanks for thanks for listening. I'm going to go ahead and say we'll for Jaka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that how you say it? no au revoir jesus christ oh, no. so dumb my <laughs> god. god 
All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully you remember to listen to us next week and uh, smash that like button. But, um, you know, until then, we'll, we'll talk smash to you next subscribe. week. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button, bro. Uh, oh. But I'm Sean. And I'm Dorothy. And you just got off on tea. So hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh-oh.